1: Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben off the cheek This is William.
0: I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, coming back at you with another 3 part of this week. Uh, my name is Brandon, as always, joined by Nick and Dan. And this week... To help us knock out these three topics, we have the Chelsea correspondent fav- one of our favorite people in the world to hang out with in London, Naz, Nisar Kinsella, What's up? We see you rocking the pink Palermo kit. We appreciate it. Bring a little <laughs> excitement to our lives. Flair.
2: Yeah, dressing a bit casual because that's the way I've dressed every single day since lockdown happened in the UK. So uh, yeah, I don't, my shirts are basically useless now. Don't even get them out of the closet. I don't know what it's like to wear jeans anymore. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, just a very casual vibe going on. And, you know, you see people uh, doing these Zoom chats all over the place and everyone's kind of dressing the same, aren't they? So yeah, um, yeah. usually I come on this pod and I've just been to a game, but sadly not this time. I haven't worn uh, pants
3: in two months. I mean, it's great. <laughs> my my shorts are getting no, a workout. We, we, we appreciate that update. No pants. Currently not wearing pants. It's
0: great. Uh, well, there goes our YouTube views on this episode. But uh, <laughs> thankfully, it's chest up. So you're safe, watchers and listeners. Um, anyway, so this week, uh, we, since we have Nas on the pod, um, we kind of wanted to touch on in this first part, uh, the end of transfers as we know it. Obviously, Nas, you've been heavily involved in kind of what this means and contract extensions and project restart, obviously. Um, but we wanted to kind of tap into, you know, your, your knowledge and the things you've been immersing yourself with um, around the business side of the Premier League. So obviously this will really affect this season, next season, the rest of seasons, you know, things like that. So uh, right away at Earthmuggle Muggle on Twitter asking, is there any sense of how the transfer window will work this summer with the two seasons squeezing closer towards each other, extended contracts, etc.? And me adding in, I know that that was approved, I don't know if that's the right word, that clubs and players can find a mutual agreement for short-term extensions. Is that, Does that all sound correct?
2: Yeah, that's correct. So the Premier League kind of followed it up the, this week and said that, um, but FIFA had already issued guidelines. Uh, they were only guidelines, So um, and they're still on guidelines, so... If William wants to leave on um, July the first, or, or Pedro wants to leave on July the first, they can. Uh, Zayek is joining on July the first, but the Premier League might opt, and they've not done this definitively, but they might just say to clubs, and I think they will, um, that they can't register new players. So these clubs signing new players, not just Chelsea, but everyone else. Uh, I have to wait to see those new talents come into the into the dressing rooms, but at least I can train with the club and stuff like that. So that'll be quite cool. Um so yeah, those those are the kind of situations really around it is that when's the registration gonna happen? Um, probably after the season, we expect. But the current players whose contracts are expiring, um, will they carry on? They can, they can come to an agreement, but you still have to do a deal. So Chelsea will have to do a deal before the twenty-third of June. Uh, that's the cutoff point um, to get a, you know, a player over the line uh, to extend them before their contract expires. Um, you know, they, they officially expire on June the thirtieth, but they have to send the registrations in in by that date. Um, so yeah, that's how it kind of works. Hopefully, that's clear. It's very complicated. It's very boring, but actually. Fans are really interested in this side of the game and and it is important. And actually, Chelsea are in probably a bit of a negative position on this one because they do have three uh, outfield players, contracts expiring and Willy Caballero. And that's not that's probably more than most big clubs have this summer. So it is a problem for Chelsea.
3: Yeah, Brandon, our number one goalkeeper is out after June the 30th. What are we going to do? Okay, He's not our number one. Uh, obviously we've leaned on him more
0: than you would have hoped to this season. One of the things I think uh, would have been hilarious. Can you imagine Arsene Wenger in this situation? I mean, he hated contracts the way it was, but for him to have to deal with all of this uncertainty and not only play, did he hate players coming in the middle of the season, can you imagine players leaving in the middle of the season at Arsenal?
1: Well, I think most of us have been watching the Last Dance documentary, and I'm thinking about, like, Kraus and Reinsdorf having to go oh, back yeah. and negotiate another round of contracts with players. It just would be off the table. And so, you know, is there any sense, Naz, in this regard that, you know, I, I know some quotes have come out from from William uh, about, like, just the concerns that the players are having uh, about – likelihood of of not agreeing to any type of extension. Like, you know, I mean I think, you know, you think about William, he's been long serving the club. Pedro came over, has has done some good stuff. Caballero has been kind of year on year here any concern, maybe about those three getting secured?
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I should mention Olivier Giroud um, seems to have extended his deal. You know, uh, we've had all that information to us. Every journalist been the same, so uh, he's probably not a headache. But when it comes to yeah, Willian, I think that Willian really loves Chelsea uh, genuinely, and it's not just a you know, it's not just a silly thing to say. I think that Chelsea have struggled to get this deal over the line. He wanted a three-year deal, which probably a lot of Chelsea fans would say is too long. Uh, for a player of his age, but he believes he's really good, his status is really high in the game um and you know I think that he also thinks that he does have that value as a as a sort of Chelsea protagonist, like some people might agree, and William polarizes the fan base um but i do he also really loves the club as well, so I could see him easily signing that extension, but he did sort of come out and say that he's more nervous about the health side of things um and and that's a that's a concern and And we we're probably going to go into that a little bit more later, so uh, that might be an issue. Willie loves the club as well, and I think that I could see him signing on. And if he wants to leave, which I'm not sure about yet at this stage, but uh, he could probably easily find a club. Um, And Willie's a great backup goalie as well. Like it's been a great signing for Chelsea in a in a summer a few years ago when Drinkwater and Bakayoko came in as well. He was a he was a positive that summer in the end. Um, And yeah, Pedro, a bit of a question mark over Pedro myself, uh, just because. The kind of clubs that are coming in for him now—he uh, had like MLS clubs, which not to not to rip on the league, but it's a certain choice you're making when you go to the MLS as Pedro, um, Chelsea's most decorated player, and also uh, J League clubs. But now it's Roma and Betis, uh, and now he's getting sort of big decisions to make. And there's also the kind of thing like, do you play? Uh, do you want to play? You're going to play your hardest, even if you you know, if you've got an agreement there with, with Real Betis at the end of it and you might get injured, uh, you might be injured for your new club and the seasons might be back to back as well. It might be Premier League over straight into playing for another team without a pre-season. So there's like all these different, it's really complicated and it's going to be very individual and personal. And I think that, you know, fans will probably have to give a bit of leeway and not be too hard on the players, you know, based on their choices. Uh, And and it is going to be a case of clubs agreeing with players. It's, It's nothing is in, nothing is in the club's favor. Um, The players really have a choice. So it's about getting that deal done um, before June 23rd and and getting over the line. And and for Chelsea, there's still a lot to play for. So um, if they do get back, which we all hope they do, um, there will be stuff to play for. And these players will play a role.
3: Well, and and just on the William point really quick, because I think he's probably, you know, of those three, the most prominent one that's been kind of rumored about, right? We've seen rumors that have linked him to Liverpool, to Arsenal, to Tottenham and, and basically every club in England that had money enough to, to kind of pay for his services. So uh, just from what you're hearing, is it more likely that, you know, just given current circumstances with the virus, that he would sign something that isn't his ideal contract to stay at Chelsea? Or is he really looking for that three year deal wherever he goes?
2: Yeah, I think that I think there's probably some leeway. I think a two year deal deal it might be possible with willian i think similar to david louise um maybe kind of like usually what happens with these situations is the longer deal you offer the less money you have to offer them you know week by week so it might be a case that you offer him more money for a shorter contract or something like that uh, we've seen that many times before um and yeah the problem with willian that's also the benefit is that he loves he absolutely loves it. he loves playing for chelsea um his, i think he's personal ideal choice would be to stay at Chelsea. Um, and I think that he wants to do everything the right way. but then on the flip side his family loves Chelsea. they love living in London. Um, but then that gives kind of you know Tottenham and Arsenal a really big chance and I don't think he's going to go to Liverpool but Tottenham and Arsenal and Arsenal don't have any money. Tottenham don't really have any money. Uh, so this free transfer market is going to be huge for those clubs and he's you know really one of the top guys they can possibly get. Um, and obviously there's the Mourinho factor, which I think his comments were taken a bit out of context with Mourinho the other week. Um, that, you know, he's texting him and he'd agreed a deal or whatever. But um certainly that's a factor that could work in their favour. So yeah, I can see I can only see him playing for a London club in the next next season. I can it's gonna be one of the three. Um it just depends who wants him the most.
0: Yeah, with William definitely he's Premier League proven, definitely still has a lot to offer. I think we've just as Chelsea fans have, have wanted to see more of the finished article from him, you know maybe he's been put in situations of taking free kicks and corners. It's not his forte, but we really haven't had anyone else, and he's he's just been in situations, unfortunately, that haven't been that successful. But I watched Chelsea's; they put a video of counterattacks, you know, from the last handful of years out on YouTube. William was in at least half of them. Like he's there, we just have to be set up to do that. And I, you know, to this point, it's probably some of his best seasons were under Mourinho or the Mourinho collapses. So I can, I would hundred percent agree with you, Naz. He will be in London, and that scares me because I don't know if it'll be at at Chelsea. Um, but let's say he goes, there have to be some type of summer signings. We hope or fall signings, whatever season <laughs> we end up doing them.
1: What New season of- signings. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, what type of transfers are off the table for for most clubs? It sounds like these these big money moves, Jaden Sancho for 150 million, probably are no longer a thing. And is it more realistic? You know, I know FIFA just put in regulations on loans or maybe short-term contracts, like are we going to see KEPA seven-year contracts anymore? Do you have any kind of insight or ideas of what that might look like?
2: Yeah, I can say a few things about this. So I've been looking into a lot of transfer rumors, and I think a lot of people have been treating this coronavirus crisis, almost on Twitter and in, in, in the media a little bit, uh, as like a transfer window. It's not a transfer window. So there's no, nobody's advancing deals particularly fast at the moment. It's very much the same as it would be if the season had got to this point, you know, if it was April, they'd be like, you know, scouting, a lot of reporting going on, a lot of clubs like build up to the transfer window and then they start to, you know, make their moves and and contact agents and stuff. And there is agent contacts, clubs are contacting agents, but there's nothing concrete going down on the table, not really any offers. Um, So yeah, the Sancho deal, I think that, you know, Man United's chief executive, Ed Woodward, he you know Chelsea's not the most open club when it comes to transfers and that's how they got Hakim Ziyech under the radar really smartly um but yeah Ed Woodward sort of came on the record and said that linking man united to 100 million pound deals uh, is very wide of the mark uh, and and I think that that's true for almost every club um you know the financial situation is just a huge question mark and, and we don't know so many things we don't know whether this football is going to carry on, which is going to massively impact finances. There's already talk that 20% has been wiped off the, you know, earnings of clubs uh, and it can only get worse really, unfortunately. So somebody's going to have to pay for that. Are the billionaires who own the clubs going to pay for that? Probably not. Are the players going to pay for that with their wages, taking wage cuts? Maybe. Um, And then, you know, if if you've taken a wage cut and your club goes and makes a hundred million pound transfer, you're going to be furious about that. And you're going to have to pay a big, big load of money to this player as well to get him through the door because he wants a slice of that transfer fee Um so yeah it, it, it's so complicated really in that regard so a lot of agents are like keeping in touch they know the sorts of clubs that want their player but there's absolutely no movement and Free transfers, the easiest ones, obviously loans. Um, And I think that a lot of football agents are hoping the market recovers next summer. They're looking almost to next summer for those big, big, big moves. So um, I think that a lot of fans want to see transfer activity, but it might not be the summers they all dream of. And it's a bit unfortunate for Frank Lampard in one way, because he's not spent a lot of money since he joined Chelsea. He's had that transfer ban and then he had a no transfer January. And it will probably be similar to a January transfer window where The clubs make one decent deal um, and then sign a loanee and then one free transfer. You might see something like that. Um, I think the big clubs will be quite friendly with each other. They'll probably sort each other out alone here or there. I think that that might be how it works. So, yeah, complicated, really complicated. And I'm struggling to see how it will go. I think Roman Abramovich could be a game changer, though. He might see opportunities... And because of the way Chelsea's funded, um, Abramovich, you know, he's taken a hit on his personal earnings, but he still funds Chelsea with his personal money. They they made a big loss last summer. Uh, I mean, they made a loss last season and, you know, he, he still bankrolls the club to an extent. So all this talk of him selling the club is a bit overblown. Um, he's well and truly involved in Chelsea and helping out the club at all levels, um, you know, community transfers, every aspect of Chelsea Abramovich touches. So I think that, you know, if he saw an opportunity in one great player, he might be tempted to just sort of break the mould and do a deal. Um and clubs also the selling clubs might be more willing to sell, especially the big opportunities are going to be in like the championship in League One, in those small leagues that are going to take financial hit. And it's horrible to say, but big clubs could be exploitative of smaller clubs in this in the way that things are and they could go and make those deals happen. Go sign an unbelievable 18-year-old in League One who's played 40 games and is the next big thing. They could go for those kind of players and really uh, you know, boost up their sort of squad ranks, really.
0: So, Nick, that's what I was going to touch on. I didn't want to squarely put it to you, Ness, but obviously Ole Gunnar Solskjaer <laughs> probably accidentally said that. He's like, we can take advantage of this situation. We're Manchester United. Like, how I guess are you worried about the ethics, maybe, or kind of like how it's going to play out where the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, kind of in this transfer window circumstance?
2: Yeah, I think that the rich will get richer and the poor will get poorer. I think that's looking pretty likely. Um, But I think also uh, that the big questions and the hard questions, the moral questions, I think, you know, using the word exploitive is wrong, but. It's football. It's competitive, and they will exploit any advances they can get, even in whatever crisis. If you're going to be realistic, that's what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, what Solskjaer said was wrong, but it's probably is what's going to happen as well with all these big clubs. Um, but also, the big clubs need to need to give respect to those lower leagues as well. And and it might be a case that you know Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal, they're going to have to even if they you know they're going to have to give a bit of money to the low league clubs, like they might have to loan them and they already have given a bit of money but they might have to give a lot more money and so these are going to be big big questions um, and these are going to affect budgets so yeah free transfers and loans um, you know Chelsea and the other Premier League clubs might have to give a bailout and they might have to give it proportionally depending on league position depending on you know finances whatever Um, but then they're going to have to sort of uh, yeah they're going to have to sort of you know, have less spend as they're saving other clubs. And we saw, in England, we've already seen clubs go out of business before this. Bury FC went, went, you know, under, um, and Bolton nearly went under. And Bolton's not a small club. It's a massive mm. club for its community. Um, do people value that in this country? I think they do. And I think that big clubs are going to have to save small clubs, but Equally, they're probably going to exploit the situation as well.
1: You mentioned the thought around free transfers being really big this summer or this fall or the in the signing window. And I think that's why, but maybe you can correct me if it's wrong. That's why players like Mertens are just getting linked with Chelsea consistently because he's out of contract He's in a position of need. He maybe isn't necessarily the best option from a striker perspective for Chelsea, but it's because he's a free transfer and it's, you know, he's basically then would just be a wage based player, not a wage plus fee player.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mertens is a very un Chelsea signing, which is quite interesting. But uh, yeah, I think that that sort of situation makes him more viable. And I also think that Lampard really likes Dries Mertens. So that's something else. So if those two things come together, um, you know that can make a change and Chelsea have this over 30s policy where they don't offer well they kind of broken it with David Louise and they broke it with Olivier Giroud but they don't offer um, more than a one year contract I mean even John Terry and Frank Lampard didn't get more than one year contracts when they turned 30 so that says it all like, these guys are mega superstars uh, obviously so that kind of situation might you know lead to Dries Mertens coming in and it might lead to them changing their policy on over 30s as well just because you know they kind of keeping ticking along until things become normal again. Um, and mm-hmm. and Mertens just having that Lampard sort of, uh, you know, an admiration, which is very interesting. And I think it shows the kind of player that Lampard and Jody Morris like. Uh, you look at the academy and all those players are very versatile. I mean, you can play De- Mason Mount in loads of different positions. You can play Reese James in two different positions. Uh, you know, Tomori you can play him in a couple of different positions as well. So it just shows you the kind of player Lampard likes, which is versatile. And it, Mertens is the definition of versatile.
3: Well, Naz, I mean, Lampard is not following him on Instagram. So it's a done deal. I think we can all write about it. It's all good to go. Um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting, right? Because another one that's come through, which is from from United, is the whole Angel Gomez rumor, uh, which came out of nowhere this week. But do you have any insight on that or, or why that could be a potential you know, free transfer to, to Chelsea? I
2: think I think the Angel Gomez one is quite different. I think that, you know, for me, every I've been making inquiries and trying to get to the bottom of it, and I don't have a definitive answer, but I feel very doubtful about this sort of rumour um, just because I've been looking at it and a lot of doubt has been cast on it from sources I've spoken to and other journalists. Um, not to rip on anyone else's stories, but it, for me, it just feels a little bit like Chelsea being used as a sort of one uh, to get a better deal Um, He's not really a free transfer as well because of his age. It means Chelsea will have to pay compensation. And kind of the funny thing about this coronavirus crisis as well is that these compensation fees will feel like even more because, you know, you could sign a player of, uh, you know, 5 million maybe from League One and the Championship who's got more experience so might not be a good deal for Chelsea in the end um, so that might be an issue and if he's not good enough for Man United he's not good enough for the team above Man United at the table which is another thing for me and then uh, yeah the other thing I was thinking about Angel is that you know you're looking at Chelsea Academy and there's loads of number 10s coming through um, it, it could upset the apple cart. and I know there's a lot of goodwill with Frank Lampard and what he's done which has been brilliant but um, just does she need him there does Tino Andrea need him there does Mason Mount need him there probably not I don't think Chelsea need him he's not a priority same with Pjanic uh, who's an option for Chelsea. I'm sure they want Jorginho, UV. I'm sure they want to swap it. But it's not a good swap for Chelsea. It doesn't feel like it makes sense on paper. But that is the sort of deal we'll see uh, in the next transfer window. So, yeah, for Angel, I'm not seeing much in that one. But, uh, yeah, we, I could be wrong.
0: Look, anytime you can snag a promising player from a rival, you know, there's some <laughs> um, kind of the, the mind games being played there. But I don't think that's really going to be a thing, to your point, post- COVID-19 situation so if Chelsea are sitting here at the old boardroom table we've got Naz in the corner <laughs> one position that Chelsea need to go after since you said pretty much you're going to get one real signing and then you know try to be creative for the other signings one position what are you thinking
2: yeah I think I could tell you what Lambard's thinking he'd go left back Great. and and Mertens, probably. I would say that would be, he'd be happy with like a top left back and, and Dries Mertens through the door, maybe alone to supplement a position, maybe centre back. Um, but yeah, I think that that's probably the way he would look. I mean, you're looking at some of the rumours and, and there's a lot of talk about central midfield, but Kante's not leaving anytime soon. He's staying around um, and, you know, he's had a bad season but he's allowed one bad season. He's been unbelievable for four <laughs> years, whatever. Let the man have an off-season, man. <laughs> um, that's World Cup winner N'Golo yeah. Conte, to you, sir. Yeah. To you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that that's the sort of scenario we've got um, at Chelsea. So central midfielder, absolutely not. And I think that even, you know, a lot of people underestimate, you know, what Ross Barkley was doing just before uh, this all stopped, so football all stopped. But he was he played he sprung together three out of four games in a row where he was he was sensational uh coupled by one of his worst games against bayern munich but um it was just you know a sign that lampard might be able to get something out of barkley that's always been there but it's not not quite come out and then you've got billy gilmore coming through who we can't underestimate his talent is it is every single football professional, Roy Keane, uh, even if you don't jealousy, people coming out saying, wow, this guy is unreal. And, you know, I was it's, it's, it's obvious. It's obvious. He's immensely talented. Um, and I would have stuck around with him in the team for a while. I would have kept him in the team. So you've got that. You've got Jorginho. You've got Kovacic who's having a great season. A, a, Loftus-Cheek might be, you know, one of England's most talented players as well, uh, just needs to get on the pitch more often. Um, so, you know, that position's tied up. I think centre-back's an interesting one because I think that nobody really excels for Chelsea at centre-back. They're all good. They're all very good. But nobody's great and they don't have a Van Dijk. And that's kind of a tension there because maybe... They could sell somebody and try to bring in a superstar there, uh, which could be a difference maker. But it's a big decision. I think in the current market with all that's going on, I think that that's not going to happen. So for me, I would sort out of left back, much basically because Lampard doesn't like the left backs he's got. And I, I think they're all right, actually. I think Emerson isn't that bad. Um, I think he's had a really bad time, been really out of form, but I think there's something there. And I think Alonso, obviously, is better. We all know it. Better wing-back. He's a phenomenal wing-back. Pretty average left-back. But still good player to have. I don't think it's the end of the world. Chelsea don't go big. And the great thing about Chelsea is... The academy can fill a lot of gaps. Uh, other clubs don't have that as much as Chelsea.
3: Bring in a left back. Bring in a left back, Brandon. Put Alonzo at striker. We have two positions solved. Al- Alonso's worth keeping just
0: for the twi- two times a year we play Spurs at a minimum. So, you know, <laughs> at that point. All right. Well, thank you, Naz, for sharing Frank's insights. Uh, it makes sense, though, I think. I think a lot of people will probably, like you said, talk about striker and and defending in general. Um, and thank Hakim Ziyech is coming in from an attacking option. Uh, like you said, being clever with Adris Mertens potentially a free signing for someone up there. Uh, but invest in the back line. I, I would definitely agree with that, and I think that's the the smartest route. But um, that'll wrap it up for this first one. End of transfers as we know it. Uh, the next part we'll be talking about the Chelsea Chelsea Women's season being ended. So make sure to come back on Wednesday. Uh, for that Naz will be here so Naz thanks thanks for the time we'll, we'll see you in part two so thankfully we don't have to wait too long um, but everyone go follow Naz if you don't already his links will be in the description but until next time Chelsea fans you know what to do
2: keep the blue flag flying high.